Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Holistic Pet Radio. I'm Amanda. I'm passionate about helping people make better choices for their pets. I blog over at holisticpetradio.ca, and you can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all under the Holistic Pet Radio name. Also, be sure to search for our wellness group, Holistic Pet Parents, on Facebook. I am super excited about today's episode, so I'm going to keep the intro really short. Um, I interviewed Jasmine from this amazing Instagram account that I started following a few months back now, I think maybe even longer than that. Um, And like I was saying, her name is Jasmine. Her Instagram account is Raw Life with Sage and Nova, and we just had a great chat, and I look forward to talking to her more in the future. And you guys will be hearing a lot more from her in the future as we're announcing a very exciting collaboration that will involve the podcast. So listen through the interview to hear more about that. Without any further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this interview. If you would like to chat with me about a pet-related topic in the future, shoot me a message. I'm super open to talking with anyone, and we don't have to have the same opinions. I'm, I'm an adult. We can all have different opinions and be respectful to each other. That's totally fine. Without any further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Make sure to go follow Jasmine on Instagram. It's Raw Life with Sage and Nova. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our podcast. I am joined today by Jasmine. She runs the Instagram account Raw Life with Sage and Nova. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited to be here. Me too. You're my first like interview ever, which is really exciting. <laughs> that is exciting. Oh, I'm honored then because <laughs> I love this podcast and I am so excited to be sharing with people today. Awesome. Okay. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about your dogs, your cats, all that sort of stuff. Sure. So um, I'm Jasmine. I live in a rural town in Southwest Missouri with my three dogs and two cats and my husband. Um, We are working on a homestead together and so we live in a teeny tiny camper and my dog's Chevy. He is my rescue mutt. He is going to be 10 in just a couple of months so he is my heart baby. He's a good boy Mm -hmm. and he is joined with his two sisters who are both 10 months old American bullies. One that I have naturally reared from seven weeks old and the other well, Sage is the one I've had since she was seven weeks old. I've been on raw food and actually reared. And um, Nova is a rescue that we just happened to come across that is the total opposite, polar opposite girl. But she, <laughs> she has made our life quite full. And so those two are best friends. And then I have my two cats, um, both rescues as well. Tipsy is my three-legged girl who refuses to eat a biologically appropriate diet. <laughs> and Skippy is my rescue boy who thrives off of raw food and he takes care of us here on the farm. So um, I do a lot of natural health for myself, for humans as an herbalist. And so uh, doing the raw feeding and homesteading just kind of all fits in together with all of that. So yeah, that's awesome. That's super cool um, that you do herb herbs and all that sort of stuff for your pets. Cause I think it integrates so well together. It gives you like that extra base of knowledge that you can pull from. 
Yes, and it's really it's helped out Chevy so much. He's he's giving me a run for his my money with his health, and so the natural using natural methods with herbal remedies and homeopathic remedies has been a huge part of him doing as well as he is. So that's awesome. So you started your Sage and Nova. You started as puppies on raw food, and Chevy, you transitioned him later in life, or. Yes. So I was not always an advocate for raw feeding. In fact, I actually started my journey with pets um, in the animal medical field when I was 15 years old. And so I had about seven or eight years of knowledge just straight from animal medical and a lot of the bigger companies that feed Mm -hmm. and promote kibble. And so um, my past dogs, I kind of regret never looking into raw feeding. but I was completely one of those people who said, why would you ever feed your dog raw? This kibble has everything you need. And this one's for this problem. And this one's for this mm-hmm. problem. I had no idea. Yeah. I never even looked at the labels. Um, so uh, yes, Chevy did not get transitioned um, until he was a, an adult. And mm-hmm. we had some medical issues with a puppy I tried to adopt. Well, I did adopt. And um his life ended not in vain because I learned so much about natural health for dogs. It never even occurred to me with natural health with humans that it should be the same way with dogs. Never mm-hmm. even occurred to me at all. Yeah. Um, and so Toby, uh, I started him on raw food, put Chevy on it as well. And I saw such amazing results with putting Chevy on a raw diet um, that I would never, ever, ever, ever come back to a kibble based diet for any reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I lost Toby, I vowed that there will never be another pet in my possession that is not on a biologically appropriate fresh food diet, never again. And so he's kind of my, my dog that has speared me on into this. And so when we adopted Sage, um, the very first day she came home, she was put on a balanced raw diet and she has done so great I've never seen a puppy do so well before and I've raised a couple of them. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, yeah. So the, the girls have never, Nova, Nova was four and a half months old when we adopted her. So she had a little bit of her life on kibble, sure. um, but she transitioned so well. And even though she wasn't on a low quality kibble, um, she made just strides in her health. She had no hair on her belly. It all started growing back after a couple of months of her being on her raw diet. Mm-hmm. Her muscle tone came back to matching sages. Um, and she just was a little bit more bright, a little less uh, edgy and ang- having anxiety issues. And mm-hmm. it's been a huge change. So I'm a believer girl. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's yeah. It's awesome to see those changes, even in puppies. It's crazy. And puppies are my favorite to transition because normally like nine times out of 10, they're so easy to transition. They're just like, Oh, okay. Food. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So nice. <laughs> and then you have cats who are like, mm, no, like unless you get them in the kitten phase, it is a pain in the butt for most cats to transition. Yes. And that is absolutely the truth. So Skippy was a semi-feral kitten when we got him. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of a funny story because if anybody has listened to your podcast about going to the vet and your vet's experience with your cat having Mm -hmm. to go into the vet and then they want to prescribe you all these extra things and then here's your diets. So Skippy, um, he had crystals, oxalate Mm -hmm. crystals, calcium oxalate crystals right off the bat at, um, 
He was 14 months old. So he got blocked. I know about, I knew to get him in right away. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course I knew exactly what they were going to do is to tell me to put him on that kibble. So I had put him kibble because I was kind of in that phase between I was had the dogs Mm -hmm. (laughs) on their raw transition and I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with a cat. Like that didn't make, I was like, how do we do this? Yeah. Um, I put him on the kibble and lo and behold, guess what? Three months later, he had another blockage on the kibble that's supposed to keep <sighs> yep. from having blockage. And I said, enough is enough. And so I took the canned food home. I said no to the antibiotics because he didn't have an infection. Um, and I said, cat, I really hope you like raw food because we're <laughs> going to start that transition buster. And he yeah. was like, I'm all over this. Give me that food. That's awesome. It was a fluke of how easy it was to switch him over. Now, Tipsy is kibbles her crack and Mm -hmm. she, we have finally transitioned. It's been over a year of transitioning her off of a kibble just to get her onto straight wet food. (laughs) That is that I can get her to raw food. So we've been able to slowly just put like maybe, 10 to 20 percent of a raw mix into her canned food and she will tolerate it but Mm -hmm. it is a very big challenge when you have a cat who's seven years old and you're trying to switch her over to a raw diet it's just such a challenge yeah they're so set in their ways our one staff member (laughs) and dawson who used to do the podcast with me in the early days her one cat was so sensitive that she would just touch the spoon to the raw food and then scoop out the can and the cat would turn its nose up for the first few days. Like it took her just touching yes. the raw and then touching the food and she would, she would pick up on it. And eventually like she did get her mostly onto raw, but it was like nine months of us consistently just touching and touching the, like, it's ridiculous. Cats are so, I love them, but they are like their own little special people. <laughs> yes. Mine is absolutely a special diva. Mm-hmm. She, she knows nothing but diva life. <laughs> yeah. So but that's awesome. We'll switch Dawson's cat over. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes cats are always the slow game. You have to play the long game with most cats. It's like, it's a slow, slow transition. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, your like DIY raw feeding, because it's definitely a different perspective. I do a lot of commercially prepared raw because obviously owning a pet food store, I get to take it all home and feed it to my dog. <laughs> super easy for me. And it's not ridiculously expensive. Um, yes. not that it always is, but it definitely can cost you more. You can save a lot of money if you do DIY correct. Um, yes. so I wanted to touch a little bit on how you do that. How do you prep for your dogs? Where do you source things from all that sort of stuff? Awesome. Well, I will say I am kind of jealous that you have a pet store and you have things prepared because it's a little bit of work on my part for the DIY. So, um, yes, we do a DIY food. Um, We start off with a basic balance of what most people have heard of the 80-10-5-5 or 80-10-10. So that's kind of our baseline for what we do with our dogs. And, and so maybe just touch on that just for people. So yeah. what are, what are those percentages? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in raw feeding, you're going to be feeding muscle meats, organ meats, and edible bones. Mm-hmm. And so when you are looking at what your dog needs, you're going to be looking at about 80% of their meal for the day is going to be muscle meats. Mm -hmm. And then you have the 10%, which is your bone, your edible bone. And I can explain that in a little bit when I talk about what I source for my dogs. Um, And then the other 10 is broken down into 5% is a liver organ. And then the other 5% is 
something other than liver that's a secreting organ like kidney or spleen, brain, anything like that. So that kind of makes up your, your muscle meats, your fibers, and your multivitamins in a dog's diet. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> so thank you. So with, no, no, that's not a problem. I know that when you're first listening and you might have no idea what raw feeding even is, that's kind of an important part to know about. So yeah, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> so with our dogs and doing that, we don't have any pet stores that really offer any raw food options. And I actually don't even have a, a raw feeding co-op anywhere near us. So that means I have to get a little bit creative with where I source my dog's meals. And variety is a huge part of a natural diet for dogs. And so as much as I'd like to be able to say I go to the grocery store and get everything I need, I don't. Because mm-hmm. I need to be able to source plenty of red meats and some white meats, edible bones that have variety, and even the organ meats, not all organ meats are created equal. And so I can't just only feed chicken livers as an organ meat. So I have to get a little bit creative, which makes my life fun. It's kind of like a little adventure when it comes to raw <laughs> So I mentioned before that we're homesteaders. And so we have a lot of connections with other farmers and homesteaders who raise their own meat animals. And um, an important part of that for me is how they're raised. And so we have friends around here that um, will raise pastured chickens or pastured ducks. Um, We're actually about to introduce into our new um, homestead some ducks, guineas, geese, and chickens. And they will be pastured. And part of that is going to be um, what we rotate into our dog's food. That's Um, so so nice. Huh? I said, that's so nice. That'll be awesome. It will be. And I know exactly what's going into my pet's food as they're eating the greens and the bugs and the the biologically appropriate foods for them as well. So um, we source things from local farmers and homesteaders. And um, a lot of this, we actually process ourselves. So um, we'll get rabbits and ducks and chickens, quail. um, And then we also are part of a hunting community. Um, and so one thing I just want to touch on is that when I source things, I have a huge and utmost respect for the food that's about to become, you know, the animals that are about to become my dog's food. And so mm-hmm. we take into consideration how they're raised, how they're dispatched and making sure that there is a huge amount of respect for those animals and that there isn't any abuse or mistreatment, um, and things like that, because that's a huge part for me. I want to be responsible and caring because I love all animals. Mm-hmm. And I just happen to be an owner of five carnivores that have to have an appropriate diet. So I don't just go in there going, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, get a bunch of animals and slaughter them for my animals. I don't do that, but I do take a very careful consideration for those, those animals. Mm -hmm. Um, so we do have some great friends that hunt responsibly, but they sometimes end up with more than that they need for their freezer. And so we get a lot of venison. We've had some elk. Um, and then we have farmers that have pig. And so we have a lot of sources for us to go out and get most of their 80, 10, 5, 5 pieces. So I'll have the organs and the fur and things like that. But then there's other things that I can't source very well, which would be fish. And so we actually go to our our local Asian market and get a lot of small oily fish to add good omegas into their diets. Um, Same with eggs. We have friends that are here that we get eggs from that are fresh. 
Um, so we get pretty creative when it comes to that. The other option that I do on occasion on bulk is when I want to get an affordable meat, like let's just say goat around here is super hard to source, mm -hmm. but I might be able to go online. And so there's some great online distributors um, that I can order whatever I want. <laughs> so um, one of the ones I like to use, um, and these are all in the U.S., is Hair Today, Gone Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. These are a great place for me to get grinds for the cats, um, especially for the one that is having a really hard time transitioning. So I might be able to get things like cavies, um, which are uh, guinea pigs, mm -hmm. but they're raised for meat. So I get things like that for the cats. I might get odds and ends that I might not be able to find like brains and testicles and heads, things like that. I'll order online frozen bulk and they ship to me in a big old box and they all go into my freezer. So as far as sourcing goes, we kind of dip our fingers in a little bit of everything. And then on occasion, if we go on vacation or we have a day trip or something like that, I may still go to the grocery store and get a basic, you know, um, turkey wing or something like that ground meat that is pastured from our grocery store that we have here sure, and make it work. <laughs> nice. So, yep. There's lots of ways for us to get those, but those are, those are our main things. So homesteaders, farmers, hunters, um, online shops, Asian markets, and then grocery stores on occasion. Sure. Awesome. So just, yeah, really being creative and having fun sourcing all of the food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, and you know, it's, great because it's really fresh you know where it's come from comes mm -hmm. from and you know you can definitely see how well the dogs do with everything so yeah that's awesome and like having those more outdoorsy you know it's not factory farmed kind of sources is so nice yeah. for your pet's health <laughs> um not only for the animals who like your pets are eventually going to be consuming, but also for your pet because they're getting that vitamin D from them being outside yes. and they're not having super high levels of cortisol in the, in the food that they're consuming because of stress levels and all these different things. I think it all impacts health overall. So as much as possible sourcing from happy meat kind of sources. Yes, absolutely. You're absolutely correct. And that is one thing, you know, when I was saying we respectfully dispatch the cortisol levels and mm -hmm. animals that have to go through traveling and then, yeah. <laughs> you know, the slaughterhouse, it's not a good thing. It's not healthy for humans to consume. It's not healthy for animals to consume. Yeah, so, I completely yeah, agree. Right. Um, and also it's nice um, you can get venison from Hunter Friends because the price of venison, uh, if you haven't been in a pet store right, recently, is ridiculous. Like it is outrageously oh expensive. Not even imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's like there are kibbles that I know that do venison that are pushing $200 a bag. Oh my word. Yeah. See, I'm outrageous. completely disconnected from that because yeah. I am kind of spoiled to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, you have lots of awesome sources and you're very <laughs> lucky. <laughs> and a lot of them are given to me, which makes it even more affordable for us. So mm -hmm. I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So I guess let's talk a little bit about some advice that I know on your Instagram, you give people, you know, advice and inspiration all the time. But if you had to give a pet owner one piece of advice, um, just about raw feeding or about natural rearing in general, what would it be? Um, I would say that one of my biggest things that I would recommend is take the time to do your research mm -hmm. because things are going to get overwhelming and your pet, you know, your pet more than anybody else does. Um, 
it might be a little different if you have a puppy, but do your research because it'll save you so much heartache and headache just understanding and having the confidence to go forward in your natural rearing and to go forward in raw feeding. Um, that confidence that you get from the knowledge that you have is so critical to continue on year after year after year and watching your pets grow and have amazing health. But research, research, research. Mm -hmm. um, the worst, I think the worst thing that I have seen pet parents do is go into natural rearing or raw feeding with not a lick of knowledge of what they're doing and end up harming their pet instead of caring for them as their initial intentions were. So mm -hmm. my biggest thing would be research. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great advice. And I agree. It's really hard when you see someone come in, not understanding why their pet isn't thriving and you go back and look at what they're doing and they have the best of intentions, but it's completely unbalanced. It's yes. very hard to tell those people you've actually done damage when you meant to help your pet. And it's, it's really uh, hard. so heartbreaking. Yes. So yeah. heartbreaking. No, I agree. Uh, research, research, research. That That's my little tidbit for sure. I think my other one, if you don't mind me giving a second one, no, go is ahead. to not compare. <laughs> not compare your natural health journey with your pet with somebody else's mm -hmm. because everybody's is going to be totally different. Like my dog Chevy has totally different natural needs than my girls do. And, um, you know, if I compared it to somebody else's beautiful bull with their perfect puppy that ever has any problems, but I have a dog that might have food sensitivities and, you know, medical conditions that they can't have those beautiful bulls. I don't want to feel like a failure basing my opinion of my bowl versus their bowl. So don't compare journeys. Let your journey be your own and enjoy it and research. Those are my two. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. I think that's really good advice. Mine, just to throw mine in since we're chatting, would be, yes, I, I agree. I think all your tips, I think I agree. I Those would be like my first two. My other piece of advice is to not not stress because your pets feel your stress. And I think that I saw, um, Julianne Lee give a really great talk in Vancouver a couple months ago. She's one of the co-founders of the adored beast apothecary. Um, That's and they have an amazing line of just like, um, leaky gut protocol and probiotics and all this stuff. But anyways, yes. I saw her give this amazing talk and she was talking about how our stress affects our pets and they've done studies on this. And if you are stressed all the time, your pet's cortisol levels will increase with yours. They see your stress, they feel it, it affects them. Um, and so she just talked about how our pets come into our lives to teach us lessons and to help us become aware of our own stresses. And it was just really great. Um, Ooh, you gave me goosebumps because I totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, that's, I'm just like all sappy about it, but I just think that our pets come into our lives to teach us important lessons and we need to listen to them ultimately and not yes. stress them out. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Nova is my biggest lesson teacher ever. She mm -hmm. has taught me to, um, be more patient, be less stressed because she is that exact thing that you said. She feeds off of my emotions more than any other animal I have ever had. Yeah. And it really does affect her health when I'm, when I have anxiety or stress or frustration my emotions come out in that dog. <laughs> yeah. They make you self-aware when they're, yeah. when you see them stressing, you're like, Oh, I'm feeling that way. I'm sorry. Like, let's yes. back down. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. Awesome. So the other thing that we want us to let you all know, we have a bit of an announcement. Do you want Yay! to let them know Jasmine? I'm really excited. Can I tell them? Yes, okay. you can. <laughs> 
So Amanda and I have come up with this very fun idea. Thank you, Amanda, for inviting me to this. But we are going to have an every other week raw bite segment just for you guys to talk about raw feeding, um, dietary things, just little snippets to help you become a better pet parent and just apply something that you can apply every other week to your dog's diet, their health. Um, and this is all going to be coming from the perspective of a raw feeder and your dog's diet. So mm -hmm. we are super excited. I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> yeah. And you're the raw feeder who's giving the perspective, I guess, to clarify. I am the raw feeder. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I'm really excited. I'm so happy that you agreed to come on and do this segment. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to help a lot of people and it'll be really awesome to have another perspective in the podcast. I think it'll be great. Yeah, I really, I am excited to share my knowledge and to just see other raw feeders be able to take what I share and utilize it with their pets. And I think it'll just make some of their raw feeding adventures just a little more fun and a mm -hmm. little easier. So I'm really excited and I'm, I can't wait. It's going to be yeah. fun. I'm excited as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to me and answering some questions. Um, it was awesome. I'd really love to do it again. If you're down sometime, we definitely do it again. Absolutely. I could talk about raw feeding just about all day. Know, right? <laughs> so, well, <laughs> it's thank you. For fun. It's been great. And I am honored again to be able to have it in, be interviewed by you. So thanks. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Thank you guys for listening and I will see you next week. And Jasmine will be talking to you guys very soon. Yes. Bye. Bye. Disclaimer. The contents of this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for professional veterinary advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your veterinarian with any questions you may have regarding the medical condition of your pet. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.